So today I'm going to talk about our humble king, who is Jesus, and how he rode in the town in humility, and how he gives us a beautiful example of being humble. What is it like to be humble? Have you ever thought about that? What is it like to, to be humble? Um, there was a, a time in my life where I played a lot of guitar, and some people would come up after I play guitar, and they would say, That's, you're really a good guitar player or a good singer. It's like, thank you. I didn't know what to do with that. And um, so a lot of times I would say, like, thank you. Or I, I turned it into praise God. And uh, there was also a time where I made uh, drinks and was a barista for a little while. And people would say, that was a really good latte. And like, praise God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is weird. But it's a lot easier to be humble when you're not good at something or you get around a bunch of people that are great at something, isn't it? And uh, so if you go to Nashville and you think you're a good guitar player, just go hit like a Tuesday, 11 o'clock in the morning, Broadway, and you'll see some of the best guitar players ever. It's really easy to go, yeah, I'm not very good. It's a lot easier to be humble. Humility is, uh, it's hard sometimes, isn't it? To actually say, you know what, this isn't about me, this is about God, this isn't what I can do, it's about what God can do. Humility is kind of hard to say, you know what, I surrender, I give you my life. Because that's what Jesus invites us into, is to come to him humbly and say, you know what, I can't do this on my own. It's a lot easier to try to do things on your own. But have you ever been to the end of your road where you figured out, I can't do this alone, I can't do this on my own? But Jesus teaches us what it's like to be humble, what it's like to live a humble life. He's a prime example of humility. He's born, he's God's son, and he's born in Bethlehem in a manger surrounded by animals. That's a humble beginning, right? It probably stunk pretty bad. Well, not only that is he's the king of kings, and yet he chooses to hang out with a bunch of people that the religious people wouldn't hang out with, that you wouldn't see a king with. He goes out and handpicks 12 people that everyone else just, uh, didn't, didn't think that they fit in the, in the um, way of what it would look like to be a disciple or a follower of God. He goes down to the sea and chooses Peter. Hey, come follow me. He finds a tax collector, which nobody liked. Hey, follow me. He puts together this team of people that he saw potential in to carry on the, the mission of the gospel. It was a humble team. But today we have Jesus coming into town, into Jerusalem, coming in as the king of kings. He's decided it is time for him to come to town as the king of kings. It's been about three years of Jesus going under the radar. He's been performing miracles, but not a lot of people put two and two together. This is God's son. This is the king. This is the one that was prophesied years before. If you look at the book of Daniel, 
you can actually pinpoint the time and date that Jesus is going to triumphantly enter into Jerusalem through the book of Daniel. There's a time frame, there's a strategic time frame that Daniel prophesied that Jesus, the Son of God, would enter Jerusalem as the King of Kings, the story that we're going to read today. And if you were to think that a, a prophecy like that can just happen with a certain day and a time and a person riding in as the King of Kings, if you were to think that that's just like some coincidence, the coincidence would be this. The coincidence would be cover the entire state of Texas with silver dollars and then blindfold somebody and then choose one of those silver dollars to mark on it and throw it out in the state of Texas and for them to walk around with a blindfold and bend over and pick up that one silver dollar that was marked. If you covered the entire state two feet deep with silver dollars, this is the prophecy of Daniel saying, the king is going to ride in the town as the king of kings, God's own son. The Bible is so true, no matter how you look at it, it just always completes itself. And so that's the story that we get to read today, Jesus' triumphal entrance. How does the humble king enter into the town as the king of kings and the Lord of lords? We're going to look at Luke 19, 28. I'm going to go ahead and pray, and then uh, we'll jump right in. Lord, we just praise you this morning. You are so good to us, to each one of us. Have your way, God. Have your way with this message. Have your way with, with every aspect of this service. Come, Holy Spirit. I thank you that this is a message that uh, you've put on my heart, but also you know the hearts of every single person in this room, and you know exactly what we need to hear. And so, Lord, I just choose to just get out of your way, and would you just speak directly through me? Prepare the way, Lord. Prepare every single thing that you want to say. Um, we open up our hearts to you. In humility, we say, God, we can't do life on our own. We don't have it all figured out. Would you teach us? Just as you went to the disciples and gathered each one of them and, and pulled them into to, um, becoming your people, Lord, would you just teach us what that looks like in our own life? Would you just pull us aside this morning? Come here. I have something so important to tell you would you do that through this message in jesus name amen amen verse 19 or chapter 19 verse 28 says after jesus said had said this he went on ahead going up to jerusalem so in the Bible, there's so many times where you're just, you're picking it up from a story before and a story before that and a story before that. And so Jesus is always teaching his disciples. And his number one thing that he teaches every single disciple is the kingdom of God. 
Here's what the kingdom of God looks like. And so Jesus was always telling them, it's not only this kingdom that's in heaven, it's actually a kingdom that's on earth, and you're seeing me live it out right now. It's the kingdom of God. We aren't waiting to heaven to pray for miracles where we can actually experience them now. And so Jesus is teaching his disciples over and over again. It's the number one thing that Jesus talked about. And so where Jesus is actually teaching his disciples is that there was a king that came to a town and he wasn't accepted. It's the story of Jesus. He was teaching his disciples. There was a king that came to town and he wasn't accepted. But everything in the town was his already. And he actually gave out gifts and talents to people. And then he returned back to the town and said, what did you do with my gifts and talents? And some people said, I actually multiplied them. You know, the 10 gifts that you gave me, I actually I multiplied them. Now they're 20. And Jesus is like, well done, my good and faithful servant. One person only got one gift and talent, and they buried it. And Jesus says, give that one gift to the person that had 20. And he's teaching his disciples that it's about the kingdom of God and advancing the kingdom of God with the gifts and talents that he's given you. So this is where we're picking it up. It says, after Jesus had said this, that whole story, he went on ahead of them going up to Jerusalem. It's not the first time Jesus has been in Jerusalem. Jesus has been in Jerusalem multiple times, but this is the time that Jesus is actually going to enter as the king of kings. And so we're heading to Jerusalem now with the 12 disciples. And as he approached Bethage in Bethany at the hill, the, at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a cult there which no one has ever ridden, which nobody has ever ridden. How many people, it's, it's a donkey that Jesus told the disciples to go, go find him a donkey and then find the baby donkey and then bring that back to him. Nobody's ever ridden that. How many people in the room have ridden a donkey? Go ahead and raise your hand. You've ridden a donkey? Very cool. Okay. Nice. How many of you have ever ridden a donkey that's never been ridden? It's not really fun to ride animals that haven't been ridden, is it? They kind of do whatever they want to do. Uh, my wife and I went to Galena for our anniversary and rode some horses. And the, I realized that I am not in control of anything on a horse. Uh, number one, I have no idea what I'm doing up there. And number two, there's some kids that were lighting off firecrackers. And that's not fun. It's not even funny because I was thinking, how do I get off this thing? I was thinking, go side saddle, you know, like I, I didn't know how to exit the horse if, if something was going to happen. And they're going up and down these rocky hills with kids lighting off firecrackers and the horses are freaking out. But these are like trained horses that knew what was going on. The disciples are told to go find a donkey that's never been ridden before. And the reason it hasn't been written before is because only Jesus can sit on his throne. He, this donkey was actually set aside for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to have a seat on him. So he says, go find me a donkey who has never been ridden, untie it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you, why are you untying it? The Lord needs it. As we jump into this month, we're actually going to be talking about the word, the Lord, which is Adonai. We're going to be talking about the word 
Adonai, which means that he is the Lord of lords, that we give our lives to him in service. He's Adonai. And so this is that word right there. The Lord needs it. Adonai needs it. The Lord. He needs this donkey. So those who were sent ahead went and found it, just as he told them. Hmm. What if the disciples just stayed with Jesus and I don't really believe that that's going to happen. Sometimes we have to take a step of faith to actually implement what Jesus has already called us to. Sometimes we have to step out and go, okay, this is where you're leading me, God, and putting one foot in front of the other and say, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and trust God's plan in this. This is what God's called me to. He told me to go get a donkey. If the disciples would have just stayed with Jesus, they would have completely missed out on this cool story of going and untying a donkey exactly as Jesus told them. So Jesus says, go get him a donkey, and you're going to find it just as I said. And as they were untying the colt, its owner asked them, why are you untying the colt? And they replied, the Lord needs it. Adonai needs this donkey. And they brought it to Jesus and threw their cloaks on the colt and put Jesus on it. The disciples didn't have much. They didn't have very many possessions. They had the, the clothes on their back. You know, when you follow a guy around from town to town for three and a half years of your life, it's kind of hard to set up camp and make a really good living. So the disciples, what they had were a couple of coats on their back, and they were taken care of. I mean, consistently, God always supplied all of their needs just because they followed Jesus. But the one thing that they did have is their cloaks. They had their coats that they were able to put on the donkey's back. This humble donkey, baby donkey cult. And they're covering it up with their cloaks and then putting Jesus on it. In the back of the disciples' mind, they were thinking that the Bible's prophecy was that Jesus was going to come to town, they were the 12 disciples, and the land was going to get divided up, and they were going to govern each part of the land. Could you imagine putting the king, your king, on a donkey's, on a baby donkey to ride into town to overtake the Roman government? It's not a very cool look, is it? I had the chance of uh, stopping. One of my neighbors actually has some donkeys. And they have a, a big field, and there's donkeys right on the side of the road. And so this entire week, I've been kind of driving by there. And, oh, it's, it's like, you know, the donkeys. That, majestic animals, people. Oh, just beautiful. This is sarcasm. <laughs> this is rough. Okay, so really not very uh, beautiful animals at all. And they also have some painted horses, some like really big stallion horses. And then you have the donkeys that could like run underneath these horses. I mean, they're, they have some really nice horses. And I was just thinking about that, you know, that 
the Lord chose like this humble animal to use for his glory. Because he's a humble king. And so he says, go and tie this, this animal, this donkey, so that I can ride him in the town as the king. The disciples throw their cloaks on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. And he, when, he, when he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in, a loud, in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. For every single miracle that they had already seen. Now, it's a cool thing to praise God because he's performing miracles. And, and this is what people are doing because when you see a miracle, it causes like, wow, this is bigger than me. God must be real. And so this crowd of people are praising God for the miracles that they had seen. Now they're excited that Jesus is coming to town. This is the same crowd that's going to turn on Jesus and say, crucify him. But right now, they're excited about the miracles that they had seen. Because when God's doing something and you're seeing it, it's great to praise the Lord. And so they're excited about Jesus coming. And they say, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, teacher, Rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. The stones will cry out. And as Jesus is riding this donkey with his feet dragging on the ground, covered in cloaks from his disciples, he says, if these people don't cry out, then the stones will cry out. And as he says this, I just see Jesus just pointing to the rocks and everything around because everything around Jesus, everything around Jerusalem, everything God has ever created, the galaxies, the, the Milky Way, the, the universe, it all cries praises to the humble king. Everything, even the rocks will cry out. The rocks will lift their voice. Have you ever heard a rock sing before? Let's try it out. The rocks will cry out. If they don't praise me, then the rocks are going to cry out. You ready? You got to be really quiet. <laughs> Nothing. Silence. The rocks don't need to cry out because we do. Jesus doesn't need the rocks to cry out. Because he created us to cry out, to cry out praises to the King of kings and the Lord of lords, to put him high above everything else in our life. But the difference is with rocks, rocks don't get the choice to cry out to God. They get to praise God. Everything he created, the Bible says that all of creation cries out praises to God. We get a choice. We get to choose to humble ourselves and say, God, you are so worthy to be praised. We get the choice. Everything else in all of creation 
it already has, it's already been made. The decision's already been made. You cry out to God. You bring worship to God. But people made in God's image get the choice to worship him. I don't want to rock to cry out louder than me. I don't want to ever be outdone by a rock. Amen? Amen? Amen. I want to choose to praise God with everything that I have. That my life is a living sacrifice to the Lord. Just, you know what, God, use me in whatever way you want to use me. Everything that I have, the gifts, the talents, anything that you put inside of me, let it bring praise to you, God. And I'm not waiting. I'm not waiting until God to perform a miracle or to receive that prayer answered the way that I wanted it answered to praise God. I'm going to praise him even when it aren't answered the way that I wanted it. Even when his timing is very different than mine. That's the heart. That's the attitude that we get to choose to have in humility to say, you know what, God, I can't do this on my own. I need you. You're the only one that satisfies. So what do we have to praise God today? Well, we have breath in our lungs. We have breath in our lungs. Everyone here woke up. Even if you're sleeping right now, you woke up earlier. <laughs> Wake up. No, sorry. <laughs> we have breath in our lungs. There's a song that uh, we started singing in 2020 called Alive and Breathing. We're actually going to close out our service with that. And the reason this song just hits so true is because it said, I'm alive and breathing. Right now, we are alive and breathing. And that's good enough to praise God. We have our hands. We have our voices. We can shout praises to the Lord. We have, if you have feet, you can dance. We can praise the Lord. One thing that God gives each one of us is gifts and talents. And there's a choice that we get to choose with the gifts and talents of our life is we can either choose to praise God or we can choose to use them for our own glory. And it's been my experience that everybody that chooses to give their gifts and talents back to God, God increases it just like the story that he started with. I've given you these gifts. I've given you these talents. I've created you with purpose. Hand it over to me and watch what I can do. We can use those to praise the Lord. Hmm. Just as I'm saying that, I just, I really think that there's some of us in the room that are just like, you know what? I've totally put that stuff on the back burner and I just... Maybe you've been burnt before with your gifts and talents to the Lord. You can make the choice today. I'm going to choose to just worship God with my gifts and talents again. Last thing that we can do to to um, to worship God and praise Him is with your dreams. 
with the dreams that God's given you that it's something that we can actually participate in surrendering them over to Christ and saying, you know what, God, I, I really see this. I really want to do this. I really see you moving in this way. I'm going to completely just surrender that to you and just let my dreams give praise to you, God, whatever you want to do with me. So today it's a choice to worship the Lord, to praise him, to give him everything that we are. And we have a couple of people in our congregation that are actually going to participate in baptism, which is a choice. Baptism is it's kind of a lot at a Christian church. You go all the way under the water and you're wet and you got to change and all that stuff. But it's such a great choice to just say, you know what, I just completely surrender my life over to God and I want everybody to know it. It's a new life. And so what, I'm, what I'd love for us to do is we're going to close out with singing. But I'm going to have the, the worship team come up and we're going to sing one song together and then we're going to have a couple of people get baptized. You can go ahead and get ready for that if you're getting baptized. If you showed up today and you're like, you know what, I wasn't planning on being baptized and you want to make the choice to get baptized today, great choice. We have, uh, we have sweatpants for you. We have towels. We have t-shirts. We got it all. So if that's you, I just invite you to just come and line up um, in this back hall as we just sing this last song. Would you guys just stand up with me? Yeah, we just choose you, God. We just choose you, Lord. Have your way. Lord, we won't be outdone by rocks. We choose to lift you up higher than anything else going on. Would you be our focus right now, right here? Have your way, God. Have your way with our hearts. really felt like there's some some people in the room that just need to make the choice that you can't do this on your own and you've you've tried and you struggled through things but God's just been inviting you to to just trust him with your life once and for all to just say you know what Jesus I need you I need you he's a humble king he doesn't push on your heart and break through the door of your heart and say okay I'm home he, he actually knocks the Bible says that he knocks on our hearts and he says uh, would you let me in would you let me in your life so just invite you today just let him in it's right here right now just choose Jesus as your Lord and your Savior as Adonai over your life that he he can completely inhabit every aspect of your life. Just choose him. It's as simple as just saying, Jesus, come into my heart and fill me with your love. I surrender my life to you. Forgive me of my mistakes. I choose to believe that you died on the cross for me and rose again on the third day. 
This is the radical change of life that, that we all look for. This is what Jesus does as he comes into our heart and he, he sets up camp. He, he rides in as the King of kings and the Lord of lords and he, he rests on us. He's with us daily. He's, he's speaking to us. He's guiding us. He's encouraging us. He gives us purpose and, and a mission to, to live out. So I just invite you to just do that today. Let this be the day, the choice of Palm Sunday 2023 to just say, you know what, Jesus, just have everything of me. I also believe that there's some people in this room that have so many gifts and so many talents that God just poured them out on you. He's just given you so much. And maybe in the past you've been able to give them back to them and, and then sometimes it just gets to a point where it's like, you know what, I, I got to kind of hold on to these. And the Lord's just inviting you, hey, surrender what I've given to you and I'm going to bless you like crazy. If you give me what I've given to you, if you just give it back, I'm going to multiply it. Just choose that today. Just choose to just give them back. Whatever gifting he's given you, whether it's feels like it's a, it's a one on the scale of one to 10, or it feels like it's a 10 on a scale of one to 10, whatever it is, just give it right back to him and just watch what he can do with it. Use it for his glory, for his mission, for his purpose. Surrender it to him. Just even right now, I just invite you, if that's you, just to, just put out your hands and just say, you know, I just surrender this to you, God. I surrender it to you. Surrender it to Him.